Hello and welcome to Commager's Podcast. I'm Brian Costello. I'm Jim DeSanto. I'm Katie DeSanto. And today we're looking at the 1998 teen comedy, Can't Hardly Wait. But first, as always, we ask the most pressing question of every episode. What are we drinking this episode? I am going with the 1792 uh, bourbon barrel proof. It's very good. I have a New Zealand soft blanc tonight. It is not one hope. We had friends over. Sorry, I just hit the mic. Katie's got her first microphone and whacked right right out the gate. It is not placed appropriately for me to be drinking the beverage. Uh, Anyway, New Zealand, Marlboro County, soft blanc. Everybody should drink one. Excellent. I am drinking Rival IPA by Yards. I still have not had the Rival. You should have it. Yeah. You have no excuse. I'm drinking it in a state where they don't even distribute it. I you could get it at probably <laughs> five minutes from your house. That's true. That's true. Good. I'm not sure that's an excuse. <laughs> uh, first off, uh, we want to start the show by saying happy birthday to my mom. Happy birthday, Patty. Happy birthday, Patty. She is 29 today. Yay. 29. <laughs> 29. Uh, on a much, much sadder note, uh, we have to recognize Luke Perry. Well, what a Dylan passed away. I mean, of all weeks, we're doing a show about uh, basically Our when we were in years. high school of high school students and and uh, Luke Perry passes away, who yep. for Xennials is uh, oh, a oh. major figure. Stop yeah. trying to make fetches. Yeah, stop, stop trying to make sense. No, it is. Yeah. It is. It's a buzz so term. So Luke, Luke Perry, well, 90210, though, that was like grade school for us. Oh, but it was, uh, still, on. It was still on in high school. Oh, yeah. It was still you know, on. Yeah. It was still big. It ran a long time. Well, it started, I think, 92. So, yeah. But I mean, probably a lot of the girls' first crushes. Really? No, it started before 92, didn't it? I think it. Not much fast before check that. Listeners, yep, fast check listeners. Chris Tarciano. We need to know when to 90210 well, I'll keep looking. But, um. He what he was he was kind of uh, I think we you know in an age where there wasn't as much social media he was one of those people him and Jason Priestley and all those people like oh, yeah. everybody would see them yeah um yeah he was, was he crazy. was definitely the uh, the most popular from that show I think nine oh two one oh started in nineteen ninety ten years old yeah. I was ten I was, yeah. I was not allowed to watch it so. Well, it was a yeah. It was not necessarily a show. No, no that ten year old should be that. watching. No, that kid got ki- died in the first season, right? Yeah. Talk, well, yeah. That, talk about a way like you know he shot himself. He shot himself by accident. Yeah, that was when they started to realize it was like uh, we got to trim this cast a little <laughs> yes. bit. Which storylines aren't working? Let's just have this guy kill himself. It was the two younger guys. It was him and Brian Austin David Green. Silver. Yeah, and then right. they ditched that the guy. Two younger and, guys. Mm. And the one guy playing with a gun in his house shot himself. Wow. All I remember yeah. was the, uh, what was her name? Gabrielle. She was like 32 playing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Oh, by the I way, that. I saw someone post on Facebook this week that they went back and started watching it. Apparently, if you watch the first episode, she arrives to school in a septa bus. Which is apparently, really? apparently oh, they bought a septa bus from the city of Philadelphia and used it oh, to film. Funny. Like, it's clear as day. It's a septa bus. It's Thank really you, weird. And Were they filming? One O ran for ten years. 10 years. <laughs> Were they filming on the East Coast? No, they I just bought, so. shipped one out. There. I guess so. That's so weird. Uh, um, but uh, interesting he, connection. What's her face? Uh, Jenny Garth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Married to Peter. Well, was was, oh, was was yeah for yeah for a long long, long yeah, oh yeah very long time together. yeah very long time. 
Yeah, that was they, that was uh, it's so it's sad he passed away. So he was also great in the icons. Sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. no, they were, and he was great in the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. Yes, he was, which was a fantastic that film. That's a good movie, and uh, yeah, Paul Rubens is, is a vampire. Yeah. Paul Rubens is a vampire. Uh, great movie. So uh, unfortunately, Luke Perry, I know for a lot of people, like Katie said, their first That's crush. Uh, not, a lot of uh, listeners not in line with Katie's view of The Departed. Uh, in our mm-hmm. weekly poll mm-hmm. of should The Departed have won an Academy Award, 83% of listeners good. voted um, that it should have won. Yeah, Katie's Well, you can I'm hit us. What, what was your criticism? Um, of number the, one, you misquoted me. First yeah, of all, I okay, left sorry. the room and you were like, I disagree with Katie that Leonardo DiCaprio was not a sympathetic character. No, I, he was the one that I said was the only sympathetic character. In re- yeah, in listening back, you're correct. I, you. I was way wrong I know, that. I know. I just needed to make sure that that was clear. Um, I think you did I say still, that later in the show, too, I actually, in your defense. Saying, he did. He came back around. I think yeah. he realized his mistake. Um, I just I still end up with like, what what is the takeaway? Like what? So for it to be a great film, like what are we walking away with? Besides, like I, people are horrible. I, like I, no, well, maybe I, I that mean, is. I, I think what you're I enjoy, away. I think I, enjoy, I enjoyed the the story and the acting of that movie. Yeah. Even the the ending, taking into account the ending as well. The rat, you mean? Like no, no, no. The... no, just like the, the ending of each of the characters. Uh, no, I don't like the Leonardo DiCaprio ending. I don't like the the. I thought the weakest part of that movie, besides. Some weird choices that either Martin Scorsese allowed to happen or was directly responsible for. Um, but the, I, and, and we didn't even look up the actor's name, Chase from 24 coming out of nowhere. Oh, James to shoot, Dale Badge. Yeah. Him coming out of nowhere to shoot Leonardo DiCaprio is, is the worst part of that movie. It doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for him to be there. Um, and it hasn't been set up. So yeah, that, that part I don't so, like. I mean, we don't have to go. We, we already did a full episode on it. I just, I stand firm. Which you could all find now if you <laughs> it's, want. It's a great episode. After you watch this one. I stand firm in saying didn't deserve an Oscar. All right. That's yeah, I don't know if we can do that. I don't know if. All right. Either. Well, there we go. Uh, Jim is hard at work on a new theme song for us. Uh, we I had brought that up, and uh, he's working on that. That's How not, is that coming? It, it's it's a. Uh, I'd say it's uh, slow to quite slow. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> kind of like the sloth that you got. Uh, oh, for can you see him? Christmas. Uh, there he is. There? Yeah, he's behind my head. Oh yeah, there he is. Yeah. I I was Dangler. trying to convince Jim uh, to use one of my former students. He's got some good good fiddle pieces. Oh, fiddle! I like that. I yeah, gave I'm Jim like some. Pa- I gave I gave Jim good. some parameters. I said, um, mix like Baker Street with the jump by the Pointer Sisters. <laughs> yeah, there you if go. we could, we you could get. It back there and then. Hold it! Why don't we? We could get. Keenan to like write just a oh, slightly dissimilar sad. version yeah. of Baker Keenan, Street so it's not a copyright saying? violation and he could play for That's us. That's genius. Yeah, Keenan's got to come over we and we got to we got to sit down and we'll, we'll oh, just I hammer out a, a theme. That's a great idea. Yeah. If you ever listen to the pop addled theme, they have some curse words in theirs. It's pretty Yeah. We're going fun. in a different direction. <laughs> uh and then finally I saw Captain Marvel Thursday night, oh. um, and, and it was good. I was very, yeah, no, it was very oh, good. I, I enjoyed good. it. Uh, I would say, well, here's the thing: it's not as good as Black Panther, mm-hmm. 
but it's right in line. I would say it's right in line with all the other origin movies. Uh, mm-hmm. So like the first Iron Man, first Captain America, better than the first Thor. Um, and it did the most important thing, which is made you really interested in Captain Marvel. Okay. So it sets it up for all the other things. Samuel L. Jackson's awesome. I will say uh, probably one of I th- Brie Larson was really, really good. Everybody the acting actually was really good in it. Uh, I, I will say this, the one thing where Black Panther, whereas Ryan Coogler kind of got a free pass to do whatever he wanted, I think in that movie, there's really not, you could watch Black Panther, not have seen many of the other movies and it's not that big of a deal. I think the expectation of this movie was you had to know more stuff because they wanted, it it was a prequel to other one. So they made them do more stuff that you've had to see other Marvel movies Mm, where black Panther, they just kind of let you go, but it's definitely watchable. Mm -hmm. She was fantastic in it. And uh, the de-aging stuff is a discussion for another day because it's wild. Like what they're going to be able to do in 10 years in movies. I, I, theoretically, you might not even, you could have somebody acting till they're 90 years old. Um, so I think that's really, I mean, you didn't, with this one, you you can't even tell. It just looks like Samuel L. Jackson. It all goes back it's, to Gollum. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. So uh, I would recommend seeing it. It was, uh, it was enjoyable. All right, with that, we go to a really, really amazing enjoyable film. <laughs> um, can't Hardly Wait. Jim, give us a quick rundown. What is Can't Hardly Wait all about? <laughs> can't Hardly Wait is like a, a typical high school movie. Uh, it takes place on graduation day um, around, I would say, 1998 mm-hmm. is when it came out, right? Yep. Yeah, 1998. Um, so around that time. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, you find out through while all the students are gossiping as they're waiting to throw their caps in the air that there's a oh, you find out a few things. One, there's a big party that night that everyone's going to. Uh, and two. Uh, Mike Dexter, the most popular guy in school, has broken up with Amanda Beckett, Beckett, uh, the most popular girl in school. Uh, And this is of particular interest to Preston Myers, our main character, played by Ethan Embry, who uh, has been in love with her for four years, met her first day of his freshman year. um, And before he could raise his hand to to. Give her a tour around the school. Mike Dexter jumped in and uh, Amanda and Mike had been together ever since. So uh, he is using this party as like his last ditch effort before he leaves to go to Dartmouth the next day. To meet Kurt Vonnegut. To meet Kurt Vonnegut. Meet Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> his hero. And um, yeah. And and from there, it's it's basically about this, this one night in the life of all these uh, high school seniors. And this movie has... A ton of people. Yes, yes, it does. All who were unknown at the time. That blew us away. Like how for how many of them this had to have been like their first big movie. I said it's like the the center spoke right or like the hub right. Like they all branched out from there. Yeah. Well, the two biggest, I think, oddly, one was Jennifer Love Hewitt, who had been doing Party of Five. Right. So, um, and actually. This film, she was filming this when um, I Know What You Did Last Summer came out. Oh, yeah, that was big, too. And that broke huge. Mm-hmm. So that was a big benefit to this movie. And the other big one was uh, Breckent Meyer. Yeah. Was the biggest was the biggest guy at that at this point, though. Who's that? He, he but he that was almost like he got they filmed this before he was anybody. Right. Because he has a second. 
No, no, he, th- th- there's a reason for that. He was actually a name by this point. He was supposed to play Kenny Fisher. Okay. He was supposed to play that, but he was cast in 54 and a bunch of other, he started to get real uh, okay. movie roles and he was, de- he was oh, dating, yeah, yeah. he was dating the director, one okay. of the directors, and he was friends with Seth Green and all uh-huh. these guys. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I got to go do this movie. I'll still be in it, but you should get this guy. And then Seth Green was friends with, well, um, thank God, because Seth, Green with all those other, oh, he was amazing. But is- that's what they said. <laughs> yeah. But they said like Seth Green, but Seth Green was apparently like I was reading something. He was making like action figures of people <laughs> like as a side job and making really good money. And they're like, you should have Seth Green be in this movie. And they're like, all right, we don't well, know who that is, but that's cool. Well, he made a whole career after this of those, uh, you know, stop action like videos of of like redoing yeah, Star and that, Wars and stuff with. Yeah, I, I think he had been making money yeah, before yeah. that. It was a big oh, deal. And Aaron Powers uh, chimes in. Uh, Breckenmeyer, it's right. He was in Clueless. And, so and was, that's where he made. Yeah. And, and that's D- where Donald he made Faison his name. And, yes, and all those. And that, I haven't seen. That that's that another good one. I love Clueless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so Ed, all these I people are young. Ethan yes. Embry. Was this Ethan Embry's? I feel no. like he was Empire. No, he had Empire already been in. This. Empire he had been in Empire Records before this. And he had also been in That Thing You Do. Yes. Wait, was That Thing You Do before this? Yeah, thing you do is ninety six. Wow, it was his movie, and he had actually he'd also. What is happening with him now? Where is he? He does a lot of TV now. Yeah, Yeah, he does. He's he's in a lot of stuff actually. Do you know this entire movie? Frank and Gracie is that what we saw him in? Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, he's one of the sons. Oh yeah, thank you, Jim. No, yeah, he does a lot of stuff. He was high in every scene in this movie. (laughs) I saw that. I saw that there was there was also something about um yeah about no he. What's her name? Like hating to be around him because he smelled so bad the whole time. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. she she apparently sent him like a bunch of breath mints for That's for the terrible. kissing scene at the end. So funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the movie casts all these people who had never been in some. By the way, it was supposed to be a lot more uh, raunchy. Uh, Jason Siegel, who's barely like you see him oh, for a oh, second. The cunnilingus watermelon. See, yeah, they had. They had the, like, I don't think I ever noticed that, that he's like yes. eating out the watermelon. Yeah, yeah, but he was like banging the watermelon like American ah, Pie style, and they had to cut that they out. Ready. This, America wasn't ready yet. No, well, a year later they were. The studio yeah. was like, "Well, you can't do this in a film." <laughs> then American Pie comes out, they let him do it. And American Pie goes on to make like two hundred million dollars. I'm glad though that they didn't. I think I think this movie does play a really great role in that, like. I've been comparing it since we started watching it to something like The Breakfast Club, which is a totally different serious movie, I think, um, and is probably the greatest like high school movie ever made. Uh, but this doesn't go to I mean, there's some absurd parts, but it doesn't go to like complete, you know, raunchy comedy. Right. It lets you focus on the relationship between the characters, right. the right. you know, the character development. You don't get hung up in the, you know, physical wackiness. Yeah. Right. Well, because I haven't is it, have you guys seen American Pie any time in the last like seven no. or eight years? Like I haven't either. And I wonder if that's as funny. It's there is a more timeless quality to this film because they don't mm-hmm. yeah. go for that type of thing well, well the other thing for the cheap laugh one thing that i that i talked to katie about was this in comparison to something like there's something about mary where i'm just more likely to give high school age characters a lot more latitude to do whatever they want 
as soon as you take those characters and put them in their 30s for there's something about Mary, it's like, no, okay, this is just, it's just not as funny, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, I still believe that everybody- Oh, it's, in, it's much more believable, absolutely. Not, not, not even just believable, but I still believe that everybody in this movie can become a good person. Yeah. Right? So there's like this idea that like in, in, there's something about Mary, they're, they're, they're all awful. Right. Like everybody is awful except Brett Favre. <laughs> like the departed. Yeah. And he was kind of an awful person, I think, in real life. Right, right. But it's hard to be like <laughs> laughing all the time with such awful people. Um, oh, but I love uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, but I can even laugh that, at that all day. Even that I, have, I can only take in like in doses of a couple episodes at a time and then. Well, sure. They is shorter. Back. Yeah. Um, so let's let's talk about. You characters. A new, you need a new chair? Go get the other chair. You, you're uncomfortable right. in your chair? She has me in my folding chair. I don't know. It's just not as A folding Go chair? Get, well, she okay. You are sitting in time. a chair that's probably hundreds of dollars, and you're making your wife sit in a thank, folding thank chair? You, okay, I'll be she, right back. That's the one she wanted last time, so I, that's what she it's gets. Not, it's not um, all, right. all right, so we'll... Um, She'll be back. We'll hold on. Well, we won't talk. We'll, we'll go on here. Um, can we discuss characters yeah. uh let's pick a few of our favorite characters because there are characters that yes. uh stick with you and even if you haven't seen the film in a long long time um their quotes or ideas that jump out at you um in this movie so let's each pick uh a character that comes to mind and jim why don't you go first because katie has never headphones yeah, so who is your standout character in this movie Oh, man, that's really hard. Um, I think for me, it's got to be uh, Kenny. It's got to be Seth Green. And 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 I'm torn because I also do love uh, Denise as well. Those characters are so good. And I think their relationship almost trumps some of the Amanda Preston relationship. I think that's what, one of the things that's great about this movie is that you can follow the the kind of fantastical like I've loved you since the moment I've saw you and it's been four years and I've been trying to find a way to make this happen. Is there fate? Blah, blah, blah. That's Preston and Amanda. Right. And then there's this other love story going on between Kenny and Denise, which is like two people that grew up together were best friends like Corey and Topanga. And when they got to high school, because of the shit that we do to each other, they <laughs> they, they grew apart and he obviously is like some kind of like you know either defense mechanism or or whatever has become this caricature of of a white guy pretending to be black and um you know and really trying to appropriate like the hip-hop culture of the late 90s in in like a, all the most terrible ways like um, wearing rubber bands in his yeah, hair instead like of it, getting just, real drug locks which isn't isn't at all like the hip hop culture, but just, just hilarious. Um, and he plays the part so well, like you, you are 100%, at least for me, I 100% believe him that he is a normal kid who's putting on this act. And he makes me believe that there was a reason that he's doing it right. Like, and the, like the, for me, the, the perfect, my favorite part of his in the whole movie is after they get stuck in the bathroom together, they have no way out. 
and they end up like mending, mending their relationship and having sex, which is his whole goal the whole night was to have sex with some, some woman at the party, some girl at the party. Uh, he does that. And because it's their, you know, his first time, their first time together, things are awkward. He immediately reverts back into his, his persona. She gets pissed and leaves. He, when he runs her down in the street and he has the apology moment, it, I, to me, I think it's the best scene in the whole movie acting wise. Like he is just off the charts. Good in the, in, in that specific scene saying, sorry. Um, so Kenny is my, mm. the character that I would go with is like my favorite. Did you ever have a backpack with a giant scented candle that you would carry? <laughs> That's a scent of love candle, bitch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. How about you, Katie? I don't know. I, I mean, character? I think Kenny is up there for me too. I was thinking as Jim was talking that I think what's awesome about this movie is that all of the characters are so believable. I think we can all think of somebody in high school who those characters remind us of. Like, and I was asking Jim today, you know, do, does it play the same for so talking about the Breakfast Club, right? Like mm. you can watch the Breakfast Club now, different generation. I feel like still relatable. And I'm wondering for the folks who are generation above us, below us, you know, do, do folks in different generations relate as much as we do to Can't Hardly Wait? Um, so for me, like, I love Denise because she's the character I see myself most in. I think all of the characters are really well developed. Um, Kenny's definitely the most entertaining, but also, again, well thought out, like uh, three dimensional. You know, like he is not he's not an archetype like he he is not a surface level character. There's so much going on there. Um, I, all the characters are so good. There's no way Denise is getting into NYU with no uh, student activities. Not believable. <laughs> I'm calling complete bullshit on that. Right? I'm calling complete bullshit on that, by the way. Uh, I, I'm calling complete bullshit on that. Did anybody else think uh, Peter Facinelli uh, was attempting to do a Tom Cruise impression from Risky Business the so entire funny. film? I always do. When he, he when his like facial expressions, yeah, everything when was this, Tom Cruise. When this Risky movie Business. came out, like I didn't know who the actor's name. I just called him like fake Tom Cruise. Yeah. Like, cause that's exactly who I see every time I watch this movie, his hair, everything about the way he looks in this movie is like young Tom Cruise. Taller, yeah. Tom Cruise, of course, Tom Cruise. went on to a fascinating run in fast lane with Bill Bellamy on the Fox network after this, mm -hmm. uh, after this film. Um, so who's your favorite character, Brian? I liked William. Oh, oh I love William. <laughs> yes. That's a good call. Brian, William, yes. who, um, the actor, yeah, um, Charlie. Charlie, yeah, was in Dick Tracy, was in all these things. So good. Left <laughs> acting, left acting and was actually enrolled at MIT yes, and dropped out was. of MIT to be in this movie. Amazing. And then was never in another movie again. I, I don't know what he did. He might have gone back to MIT. Yeah. But he sure. was great. I thought he was great. Fantastic. In this movie. His oh, he, acting and I love the, was I love fantastic. The story between him and Mike Dexter. Yep. Like, that's so good. Remember the time I you had to give that stupid speech? That <laughs> yeah. was this morning. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was this morning. Mike. I'm sorry. It was this morning. Um, uh, Jerry has a question. Fastlane yes. was terrific. Jerry has a question <laughs> about Jenna Elfman, believable stripper. Here's my response to that I've never met a real stripper. I would imagine that Jenna Elfman is more attractive than a lot of the folks that are stripping, especially in our area. I don't know. Concha Hawk and Ballet. 
I would imagine. I, I, I don't. I don't Jenna know. Alfred how do you know? Is, how do you know the name of a strip club if you don't know any strippers? Oh, it's well known. Oh. It's not called the Conchhocken Ballet. Brian. Seven, oh, Seventh Heaven. Seventh Heaven. Oh, yeah. It was right across the street from Jim's office. They yeah. used to go there for lunch. That is, oh, what? I'm certainly I'm not eating at a strip club. <laughs> how are the eggs? <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I just threw up. I would, I would rather have your dinner of of turkey with gravy, mashed potatoes, and a tall glass of milk. Oh, that's a good meal. No, you know, everything I, covered. Um, yeah, I've never been to a strip club. Never done it. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, here's a real question: Do you guys? Because I, I have a feeling I, I'm fifty fifty on this. Maybe leaning more at sixty forty. That Martin Scorsese got the idea to reuse "Shipping Up to Boston" twice in the film because they used the Smash Mouth song twice in this film. Was that where <laughs> he got the inspiration here's, here's the for, for that for that creative choice in The Departed? You here's think? the difference: is that th- in this movie. That Smash Mouth walking on the sun is not used as a song, right? So there's no, it's a theme. You're it's right. a theme, I was a and it's happening every time the fate of the moment is yeah. is is progressing. So you mean they were using songs with never, a purpose in this film? Yes, and you never you guys hear, are furthering my argument, right? No, and you never hear. You actually never hear the lyrics, right? You only hear that. Yeah. Bum, 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 I think, bum. Uh, yeah, and I think that was the best uh, Smash Mouth ever was. When yeah. We didn't actually hear any of um, the uh, lyrics. And of their I will song. say the amount of Third Eye Blind in the song is Amazing. is very, oh, very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. some amazing songs uh, amongst the best. Barry Manilow. Mm. There's some weird ones though too that I didn't even recognize. There's like the, there's like an acoustic ballad playing that sounds like it could have been Matt Nathanson, but it's not. When she's like taking the pictures off her mirror, and I'm like, who the hell is this? Mm. Like prime time for like an amazing song, and it's a song I've never heard before. Hmm. They had some dire straits too. Oh yeah, that's amazing. Oh, and that's that's one of my favorite favorite songs. Happened to be on a a little mixtape that a man named Jim DeSanto gave me when I was. Oh, there you go. Sophomore in college, I have to speak louder. Mixtapes, mixtapes. Oh, mixtapes are very in line. College mixtapes are very uh, fitting with this. Uh, How realistic do you think this party was? Ooh, I was thinking today, like, man, I wish some of the parties we went to were in mansions like that. None of the houses I partied in as a high schooler looked anything like that. Well, I can say that... um... I we I had a party like this in high school. There was you a party. Had a party like no, this? not not me. Like I didn't host it, but there was a party. Uh, and my one of my friends' parents went away. He had a gigantic house, okay. and it was just like this. Where like mm. all of a sudden, all the stars aligned, and no one else was doing anything. So like everybody we knew came. Everybody in the whole class that was into like you know, hanging out with people came, you know, it was ridiculous. And, um, like people put like ice cream sandwiches in a, in a, no, that was a different one in the VCR. Um, but, but he got, he, uh, he, he cleaned everything up. The only reason he, he, that he got caught was that his parents found cigarette butts in a closet. Oh, I remember you telling me that story. Uh. Yeah. And if anyone's out there listening that was there, oh, please yes. feel free was to Pat chime Morgan in. There? He was on. I don't know if Pat was um, there or not. Jerry would like to compare it to the togas, the toga. Party. Oh, the toga parties. Yeah. 
that we had I don't at know the Costello if we house. Got destructive. We were you there? You you were yeah. there for the togas? I was there for two of them. We respected your parents a great deal. I don't think we ever. Yeah, it wasn't house. wild. No, yeah, no, it was. We didn't respect Jerry. I mean, we were fine with Jerry yeah. having to go to the hospital. And I, not really I think bad about I think that. the key to this to these types of parties are like that moment where like people you don't know show up. Yes. Because they heard there's a party. And that's sort of what this party that I'm talking about was like. There was just like, like, now, I know did, you because you're in my class. How did the not show have... up at something like that? was my one thing that this, this idea that they would take the cops so. And it's fine. It's a movie. I don't really care. But it's yeah. just like that. Well, there were like literally people passed out on lawns and stuff like that. Well, um, for the party that I was at, the house was very secluded. So like it was okay. back in a cul-de-sac. And then even from that cul-de-sac, their driveway was like 200 yards long. Back into oh, okay. the woods. Well, there you go. And like literally I pulled up and there were cars parked all the way down the driveway. Mm. And we were <laughs> we were just like, holy shit. Like this this just got serious. <laughs> it was go. nuts. It was nuts. I feel like we were smart when when there was a house party, you'd like park blocks away and we'd keep the lights off and we were very much about not, we lived in Schuylkill County. The cops didn't have much to do. And so it did not take much to get the cops to come to a yes. party. They used to love busting the, the bush parties. They got, they invested in SUVs. So they what is the bush? Maybe you could explain what the bush is. How do we get Brian to keep saying what bush? What other people would call the woods or the forest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Kids they grew up in the country tend to drink outside more than I'm sorry I keep hitting the microphone it's really big all right we'll, um, we'll work on that for next time. wait can we just cut some of these clips together <laughs> yeah, yeah so anyway in Schuylkill County a lot of the outdoor locations for teenage drinking were named after female anatomy and so you had the nest the nipple the belly button wait side, time out can we go back and talk about what part of the female anatomy is called the nest uh, I'm not going to say that out loud, but okay. Brian sent a video about it today. The nest? Yeah, well, uh, it doesn't take much, Jim. Just think about it. I've never heard that one before. Well, it was a thing. And use your, it was a thing. Use your brain. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's where we would go to drink. And then you would just look for the headlights from the, because at some point you'd know, like, kind of everybody was there who was coming and you knew what the lights from the cops looked like. And so when they would start, you'd just run. <laughs> there you go. I remember at Jerry's graduation party, uh, people started showing up who, this one guy who we kind of knew show up and he was so drunk, he just started picking up plastic lawn chairs and throwing them <laughs> at people. Oh, and we're good. like, yeah. And we're like, we probably should get this guy out of here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because there's like children. <laughs> this is like, this is not a house party. This was like a legitimate middle of the day graduation party. Right. And right. he was just picking up lawn chairs and, and throwing them at people. Uh -huh. um, yeah, that was that was very interesting. Uh, foreign exchange students always amazing in movies. Oh, I loved this it. one, no loved different. Yep, yeah, a uh, better foreign exchange student. Uh, this guy or Long Duck Long, Dong from <laughs> Sixteen Candles. Long Duck Dong is always going to be <laughs> the classic. Actually, I will also like to enter the two brothers from uh, Better Off Dead who learned English by yes. listening to uh, Harry uh, Howard, Howard Cosell. Uh, Howard Cosell. <laughs> it all comes down to this Lane Myers <laughs> could you could you get away with making fun of foreign exchange students any longer in films do you think uh, it's, I think it depends yeah I think it's okay like I think 
as but long, like, yeah, I, I would say as long as you're you're making fun of the situation that they've sort of been placed into and not, right. and like, not. I don't think they were making fun. Of, what was he? French? Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I, I was assuming German or, just, yeah. He didn't speak the language and they were no. teaching him to say funny things. I think that's pretty. I'm not on. sure you could get a long, get away with long duck dong anymore. No, he's, that that's a, that's a, not the name, not the name, or the part where the or the part where the 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 guy he's living with in the U.S. has to call the police, and he's like, "Yes, he's wearing a red shirt, tan trousers, and red shoes." No, he's not retarded. Like, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Oh, I love that movie, Sixteen Candles, so good. Um, so we get some more creepy sexual tension uh, when the cousin tries to make out with Jennifer Love Hewitt. I feel like he's always creepy. Well, he's got that look, that hair. He's made a a career out of playing. Really? I'm not sure what, how about that shirt he's wearing in that sequence? Who is, that was like a Chris Jericho shirt. I I was going to say, Yeah, but that's like something a professional wrestler would wear. So was he creepy like that on ER? Was Malucci like that? Was he the drug addict? Was he like a, no, he was just kind of obnoxious, wasn't yeah. he? This guy was like yeah, he was sexual like predator. Yeah, was, like, well, I love and one of the things that this movie I think does so well is taking the moments that in something like the notebook seem cheesy and out like just insane, like him being like, I take what I want and things like that. Uh, when she's trying to leave the party and can't hardly wait, and literally five guys <laughs> Oh, that is that's really this is like an under this was the first film these two directed. It was a male female directing duo Mm -hmm. who actually wrote the film. Uh, There's some really cool sequences here. Yes. Like when when um, you get introduced to Jennifer Love Hewitt, it's a couple of times like you don't like the way they shot when Preston's telling the story and they keep hiding her face. Yeah, it's great. I thought was super cool. And then the whole letter, how the letter gets Mm -hmm. to her. Like that was some pretty, you know, but a lot I think of times that, with teen movies, you don't get thought out sequences like that. But I thought they did a nice job with those. And I think because of the, of having a woman's point of view in the writing there, like, do you think a man would have been able to write or it would even have considered the absurdity of like what happens to the most popular girl in school when she's suddenly single? And no. well, and I thought also like her reflection on why she was with this guy for yeah. four years. Like, oh, that was great. It was very, a great bit of dialogue again, by her. Very believable. Like, mm-hmm. I just I felt well, like every character was just very well thought out. They they plotted this well, I guess, from when they originally started writing it. They changed it a lot because when they in the first iteration of this, when they were trying to sell it, it was about them all being friends um, a bunch of people being friends and going to this party and like dealing with going to it. And then they just, what broke it for him was this idea of, we can just tell this story of, of Preston and her love, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. love story, but it, it's almost like an anthology of different little stories. Right. That's just the run through. And when you add up all the time, pretty much everybody's on screen the same time. Yeah. Would you and say they did that- a nice day, and that's like the only. But what I love is it allowed them with the camera and stuff to move around pretty seamless. The editing was pretty good. You could tell, you yeah. know, they probably shot a ton of stuff, but the editing, everything was great. That you could just bounce around to all these stories, and mm-hmm. it worked because the spine of the story was listen, nothing original. 
Right. I mean, that's, which is what makes sometimes makes a timeless movie. It doesn't necessarily have to be something totally original. It's the execution of how you do the story that people know. Right. Yeah. Would you say that the like a spiritual successor to this would be something like Superbad? Like, um, also, yeah, I, also a love I would story. love to see that. I would love to see that movie again, honestly, because I haven't seen that. That would be a fun one to watch. But I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, it's super bad had a, a good core, but it allowed people to play off of Did that. Did you have as many? I feel like you didn't have as many side characters. Like, like you mostly, sorry, sorry. You mostly followed your two main characters. I haven't seen well, it. Well, you have McLovin. Well, McLovin and you had the cop, you know, with yeah, the, the, the there's not as many side stories. I don't no. think uh, Super Bad is as good as Can't Hardly Wait. But I think Jim's right. I think it's in that vein where there were, you had a couple of, you had Emma Stone and her friend, you know, you had some differing point of views, mm. uh, not to this level, but it was a little bit. It was, clip. for example, it was Super Bad's much closer to this than it would be to an American Pie oh, right, or, right, or, right. or something like that, which is what a lot, you know, most of these teen movies went to yeah. um, after American Pie. They didn't follow can't but the best wait. the best friend love story to me is hilarious and i think i actually think super bad's funnier than this movie mm-hmm. but this yeah movie i would maybe agree has like a little bit of a a heart that well I, I don't know they're both they're both very good i think i i feel like i love how it plays with that thing that happens in senior year the summer after high school where like all of those walls between social groups start breaking down and i feel like everybody's had a party like this where like the connections that happen seem like illogical based on the past four years of your experience and and you start having these conversations that go back to like we knew each other when we were eight and then like what happened i just felt like every piece of dialogue in this movie was like straight out of an actual like high school party, you know, like something that you, you step into one of those like post graduation house parties and those conversations are happening all over the house. I also appreciated that none of them have cell phones yet. So I was wondering, well, that, which is, which was a big piece about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Would it look like this anymore? I don't know. I also like how they played the Mike Dexter character. Yeah. And they, you know, that's something that you probably wouldn't necessarily like it. It still plays well, even watching it 20 some years later, because you're like, you didn't realize maybe at the time, like people like that, their lives don't necessarily end very well or right. play out, well, play so- out very well. And that, and now looking back, you're like, that's so true. Yeah, well, but so you, Jim and I were talking about the difference between folks that say, like, high school's the best years of your life and folks that would say the same thing about college or would say, like, the best is yet to come. Mike Dexter, to me, is one of those guys, right, who says, like, it never it never got better than it was in high school, right? Like, he, he hits his prime yeah. in high school and the rest of his life is, like, downhill from there. And I don't know if you had this experience, Brian, but as a high school teacher, I felt like... Kids would say to me all the time, like, you know, people tell me these are the best years of my life. And I'd be like, who is telling you this? Like, Kids what? ask me every are year. Are you serious? Like, no. Yeah. If this is no. as good as it gets, like, 
what does that say about the rest of your life? No, I, I often tell kids I despised high school, which I is a whole Freudian thing, a whole Freudian thing. I spend my life repeating uh, <laughs> high school every year. It's like, <laughs> but uh, I've said absolutely. It, right? Like, yeah, maybe like it is. Maybe I'm trying to. It's yeah. like trying to like help kids out because it is. I, you know, I think this time. film, what, what's interesting is I think this film probably would still play well. You know, I, I think so. it would. I think it would still play well. I also have to say this. I think that <laughs> people talk about high school kids. I think that they're a little bit more uh, open ended, um, open minded. Excuse me, maybe than when we were in high school. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would. Agree you know, it just it, you but know, maybe, there's. I don't know. Does that depend on where you are? It could. I mean, maybe you know, we tend to be in maybe more open minded. Right. Like I grew up areas. In, in rural America. Yeah. I don't teach in rural America. Um, Jerry Jerry Gilligan said that he peaked in high school. <laughs> well, Jerry peaked in about elementary school. Yeah, I think actually, I think his I think his golden year was like third oh to like God. fifth grade, uh, and he cheers, was cheers, he was uh, at his pinnacle. He, right he there. was probably like That's foul hysterical. shot champion or something. But Brian, I want to do that as a poll. I want to see uh, you know if you had to relive one of your educational experiences again. High school or college? What would our oh, What would our no, listeners? Is, you're not asking me, are you? No, no, That's no, I, want, I want to put it up as a poll to our listeners. No, I know your answer, Brian. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I just thought this is. A, I, I really enjoyed this movie. Aileen loves this movie, which is why I own it and we yeah. have it. And it, it really, we watched it probably less than a year ago, just because we had it. And I said we, I was getting rid of all the DVD boxes and just keeping some movies and donating some. And I said, Oh, look what I found. She said, We watch it. Yeah. And we did. And then we watched it again and it really holds up. It's, it's, it's a fun movie. Yeah. yeah it's so I agree. good. It's so good. It's great. Uh, okay. Can hardly wait. If you haven't seen it, watch it. It's fantastic. And maybe we could hopefully maybe start wanting to think of other movies like that. I want to watch and, again. And, and I would reference. say a great trilogy to watch would be breakfast club. Can hardly wait. Super bad. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Like well, you know what? Let's we'll, we'll put that on the count. We'll try to do those because those would be good. There's so many great yeah. 80s to 90s teen and they comedies all, all that of, really they hold movies. up. They yeah. hold up. They're good. All of those movies deal with the moment when like the those high school kids go like, all right, enough of the bullshit. I'm going to talk to you about like who I am. Right. Specifically, yeah. uh, uh, The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Say um, anything. Can I just pose a question to mm -hmm. the two of you? Yeah. So which character in Can't Hardly Wait do you most relate to? Like, who would your high school self be? You want to go first, Brian? Uh, I did have an X-Files t-shirt. <laughs> but I wasn't as smart as those guys. I, I probably would have been one of the people in the party that you didn't actually see. Yeah, in the film, that would have been me. I I was not uh, overly involved there. Yeah. yeah, I would say that I'm pretty uh, invisible. Mm. I was thinking the same thing. I feel like uh, if I had been comfortable in my skin, I would have been Denise. Yeah, but that's I, but I me too. Right, like that. <laughs> that's probably like who I authentically was in high the school. Moment but I like I yeah, but you weren't as uh, you wouldn't have been as yeah is well, right. So like I, yeah. but I mean, if we looked at pictures of freshman Katie versus senior Katie, uh, I was straight up William freshman year. Like I mean, a hundred percent. One thing I did want to talk about one one more thing before you yeah, move yeah. on 
is that one little scene of Denise going and sitting on the couch. And I don't think there's a moment I've always connected with the scene because it depicts how uncomfortable I've been. It, like I really connected with how uncomfortable she is, which is at, at a party specifically is when she sits down on the couch and she's like, oh, so uncomfortable just looking at her. And then she's like, I'll, I'll get more comfortable by taking off my jacket. And she yeah. takes off her jacket and not not like it hasn't been off for more than like three seconds. And she's like, nope, putting it right back on. <laughs> and then the and then the girl who looks like she's a Mormon comes and sits next to her. And she's yes. like, oh, finally, someone I can talk to. And then she's just uh well, Katie's, got a, Katie's got a Katie's got a prop here. Oh yeah, that, we're showing. Yeah. You, oh, all right, well we've it's yearbook pictures. Yeah, we'll, we'll post it. We'll post. And it. we've posted some of them good, already. Good. Well, oh, I see it. It's there. Can you okay. See and we'll put more of them. Oh boy. So, I, oh, I see it now. Oh, I see it. Oh, and yeah. we'll make sure we get it. Make sure it gets up there uh, for people um, who listen. Uh, you know what that party could have used? What? Pedro. Pedro. Oh, Could have used a pinata donkey. Wait, was that what you were going to say? Dynamite. A pinata donkey. That was totally a guess. I, <laughs> I love it. Not Pedro so from oh, Napoleon I'm Dynamite, so Katie. <laughs> <laughs> also watch another Napoleon. great high school. Also, movie. also watch Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah. We're talking about how I in college enjoyed bringing. Uh, Pinata donkeys I to parties. Totally Make yourself that. a gosh darn quesadilla. Oh my god! And then yeah. somebody uh, forcefully uh, sodomized him with a like or, or a attacked light. him with a no Zima. Remember a it was a Zima, Zima bottle. What year was this? Well, it was Zima bottle, well, so it was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it was pretty much oh, most so of junior I, year. Was I involved no, in that? I don't think I was involved in that. No, no, um, that was no. We have some viewer questions. Okay, Number let's one, go. Yes. Patrick Morgan uh, thinks that I'm making up the names of the rural drinking locations. Unfortunately, Patrick, there are none of my Schuylkill County peers on right now to verify. I completely believe. I, I've heard other I people. Will that. Yeah, I've heard other people tell that story, Katie. S-K-O-K, that from your friends. Okay, and then the names that I mentioned, you will you will find right. internet proof. Okay, thing number two. Uh, Tess Malone says college better than high school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. And thing number three, uh, Jerry Gilligan would like to tell us as though we needed to know <laughs> that he would be one of William's friends <laughs> that never actually goes to the party. <laughs> yes. Falls off the roof after chlor- putting chloroform around Brian's face. I, I also yeah. love the end with the two of them where, you know, you're in the credits and then they're and walking yeah. the Mike. Oh my God. The yeah. alien. No, uh, well, so and, and and the catfish of like him thinking that he's dating Kristen. Yeah, Charlton. how great was that? <laughs> oh, I was like terrible. so ahead of the game. That also, was amazing. Brian, another area where I thought this might have predicted the future is when he or uh, Breck and Meyer refers to uh, what's his name as Hootie with oh, the yes. when he puts on the cowboy hat. And I'm like, did Hootie Tur- wear cowboy Turkleson. hats back then? I don't think no, so. No, but they, but yeah, that, now he's a, that was a little inside joke. Can yeah. hardly wait. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, it's impacting Scorsese. It's impacting uh, everybody. What was the name uh, of the band? Love Burger. Love Burger. Love Burger. Get yourself a Love Burger yeah. t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Does anybody uh, want a Love Burger? Oh, there we he go. His sound effects. I do. I know. It's fun. I uh, Jim, why don't you introduce our next section with your new new voice here? And now we go spanning the globe. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, I love it. All right. Uh, Instant reaction. Uh, We've not been on a run of 
particularly good trailers here on the show. We've no. been unfortunately uh, all the big Whose things fault that have is that this is all the stuff that's coming out. What trailer the big did you stuff. Want to watch? You know, I don't know movies. Yeah. <laughs> Katie Who's didn't even know that movies come no, out. I'm not watching trailers. So, I'm not the one making time. these. I'm yeah, not the one making the these right. movies. <laughs> am I? Am I? Am I producing you're, these? No, but you're picking the ones that we watch. I'm picking the ones that are like predicted to be the biggest box office sellers. Well, I picked the Tolkien movie because we were doing Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> Aaron gave us a wow. I don't know what that's for. Maybe it's your voice. Oh, it was maybe. Wow worthy. Let's um, let's talk Game of Thrones full trailer. Uh, we had Jim and I had talked the teaser trailer yeah. when that came out, which was not much. Right. Uh, this is a full blown theatrical so trailer. What? So okay. So, let's Brian, start with you. Let's talk. Aria. Hold on. Let's talk. What, uh, who, what were you most excited about seeing there? Uh, uh, I just uh, honestly have to say, I think it is the best trailer for a for a television program I've ever seen. Yeah. We, Jim, you made the point where we w- did the Whiskey Tango Cavalier, whatever the hell that show is. <laughs> I still haven't watched it. Uh, that it was, you know, it looked good and it did look good for a TV like production wise. Mm-hmm. This thing looks like I mean, it could be any major blockbuster film. The product. I'm most excited for the production like quality. I mean, like if you think of it. No, it's a, it's completely different for television. Right? Like, it's groundbreaking. I mean, they're dropping over ten million dollars an episode. I mean, which is just yeah, insane. Which is but nothing probably- when you add it up. For them. Oh, I'd actually, this season might be more because now they're doing 90 minute episodes. Mm. So I don't. But still, it's love unbelievable. It. Love it. Absolutely. So Everything excited. about it. It's I the told only you. show I, we watch when it happens. It's yeah, literally yeah. the only show that we like know when it's on and yeah, watch it. That's then. true. That's true. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Dude, what did you, Jim, feeling? Uh, it looks amazing. I am most excited. There's a few things I'm excited about uh, seeing Arya mm-hmm. fight. There's a moment in there where you see her swinging a whatever sword or something and her being, I love the contrast in that trailer of her talking like a badass and then running like she's scared for her life. Yeah. And then the final like oh, shot. Scene. Well, the final yes. shot of Cersei uh, where she, she looks like she, she's too scared to even speak. And that's like totally out of character for her. Mm. And so like the they are they are, you know, putting all the chips on the table and saying like all our characters are basically effed. <laughs> you know, like I love when they do the the foot of the Yeah. Oh the yeah, yeah, the horse coming down it when you see reminded me what a phenomenal villain Cersei is. Yeah. Like I, I was trying to think during that trailer, like, is there any other TV villain, any other female villain. Like, she is phenomenal and terrifying. Like, yeah. I don't know. I love her. Yeah. And, and I love to hate her. The uh, seeing, uh, what's her name? Uh, Gwendolyn, what's the actress? I forget, I forget the character's name. Brienne. Brienne. Seeing Brienne and Pod and. Uh, oh, and Worm. Wormwood? What's his name? Worm and the. the Soldier, the unknown, the unnamed soldier. Oh, yeah, yeah, Grey Worm. I love him. Grey Worm. Yeah, seeing all of them like lined up, ready to like it, it. I've been waiting since I started reading these books for the Stark children to see each other again. Well, you'll be waiting another decade for a book where they're all back together, I probably. Well, that's okay. With him, why? Like, I don't know. He what's just going stopped on. writing the books. 
I think I, and this is morbid, but I put money that those books are never finished. Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, I feel like at this point, uh, I, I this, don't know. Your ending might be coming. It. Your ending might be coming on this HP. Yeah. Uh, well, he, they're already beyond what yeah. he's written. We shall see. Uh, and also, I think it's worth that. Uh, just letting people know, we're not sure in what way, shape, or form this is going to be done, but we're going to be having weekly recaps of the Game of the Thrones mm. episodes. We're not like quite it. sure what that's going to look like yet, yeah. but we will come with full recaps of each Jones episode. We're going to get Leslie Jones on. We're going to show <laughs> we, her Have you ever seen that, Brian? Yes. Game of Jones, where Seth, Seth the Myers only way watched. to do it. If we can't do it like that, I don't think it's worth doing. Oh, my God. I think we should get like a GoPro cam on Jim's face that's what as I he said. watches the episode. I said you'd do be... time lapse of us watching it. I yeah. think you'd be surprised. Well, I think Katie would be worth watching. Because I think your reactions would be hilarious, but I I think you'd be surprised that I don't. Well, maybe the juxtaposition of your like blue steel versus my. Yeah, we like, could just do a two shot. Just get a two shot, and we'll just record it, and then we can blue edit steel. it. We'll work it out. We'll work we it can out. edit it. In. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, Katie and I both have read this article. I know Jim hasn't. I just want to briefly talk about it because I, I read it and mm. I had sent it to Katie. Um, I was talk in. About sex. Yeah, because this film is a lot, you know, it's a teen comedy and most Mm -hmm. of them deal Mm -hmm. with sex. Uh, I was in the school library a couple weeks ago and I walked by and there was this Atlantic cover of Atlantic um, magazine and it said sex recession, Mm -hmm. which is kind of odd that it's in the high school. But I said, well, is this going to be some like clickbait type thing? And I so I but the Atlantic writes usually fantastic articles so i said let's let's give this a, a a look and see what it looks like it's a like 15 page article and it was well beyond what i imagined it would yeah. be uh about a sexual recession in the united states um and my mind was blown reading this because it started talking about online dating. Some of the stuff that we've talked about on the show before, which is why I think I got interested to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you it's from the December issue, uh, if anybody has not read it, I highly recommend reading it from the December issue of this year uh, from 2018 uh, Atlantic magazine. Katie, you read it, too. I did. Um, what are your thoughts on the sexual recession well, well, hold on, on give me a rundown because i did not read it give me well you could have you've had me, weeks you were told for high weeks. level uh okay let me give you some here. yes let me give you some statistics here and then i want katie's analysis of okay. this okay. first of all from 1991 to 2017 uh-huh. high school sex has gone down from 54 percent to 40 percent okay um also um even in adults the average amount of sex um within married couples has gone down from 62 times a year to 54 um is this 60, is this us only all, uh, this is um some us some global okay. yeah it's kind of mixing uh 60% of adults under 35 are single and 33% of them are living with their parents mm-hmm. And and it was just this idea that I had never thought about because with we've kind of mocked this on the show before with things like Tinder and Match and all these things get this idea that there's this massive hookup culture and things that must be going on and what the data is saying is that is not the case at all and it's um, the birth rate has decreased in the U.S. Um, it was at the lowest rate. Uh, in 2017 that it had ever been, and it was back-to-back years, hmm. uh, which is mildly Children of Men scary. Uh, uh, not not really. Scary. Th- there's also, um, there's, 
they knew that was happening though. That's that's strictly based around the numbers of uh, the baby boomers becoming less. Uh, well, a total. I yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah. So I, the, I agree with the it. population will always ebb and flow like that, and they knew um, specifically that there would be downturn in the number of humans. Yeah, well, folks are having less kids. I mean, that's, that's folks a, are having less kids, and there's thing. less folks to have kids yeah. in that age bracket than yeah. there were, you know, for the baby boomers so, in, the, in the in the you know our parents. As a yes, mother of two daughters, I am thrilled. I want to always be having more sex than them. I, I would okay. like. Okay. Well, I would there like we to go. Have all of the Just sex. Just lay that they out there. Will not have sex, and I pray that they share my genetic makeup in terms of not physically developing until they're about 17. So they just fully bypass <laughs> all of the high school hijinks. Well, it's pretty low. High school sex is decreasing significantly. Yeah, I'm I'm thrilled about that. Thrilled. Um, I thought an interesting perspective that the article brought up is that you're finding in today's women uh, less of that notion of uh, sex as an obligation. Mm. That that was much more a part of the role of the wife and mother, that notion that like, you know, you you should that's just part of your job. Right. That it doesn't matter whether you want that to happen. That's just who you need to be for you. It, like not an equal partner, just a receptacle. Um, and so, sorry, you don't like that. I'm sorry if you that's don't like a, that word, yeah, Radiotopia. Sorry you don't a, like that word. Speaking the truth. <laughs> um, so I think like that, I, I feel like that's, that's wonderful, <laughs> right? Like, like that sex is becoming more of a choice made by two people and not just a choice made by one person in the relationship. Jim, I thought about you in this article because there was a Great, whole Brian. section on uh, never nudes. <laughs> oh. Millennials are, don't yeah. like getting nudes. That was really interesting too. Yeah. That, and like, actually oh, they're asking I, contractors I did, I did to build them separate bathrooms and dressing yes. areas. So we have spoke, Jim and I have spoken about this, of the generational difference between, uh, you know, folks of an older generation and our generation in how you approach locker room nudity. Oh. Yeah. That like, Folks 20 years older than us will just walk around bare ass naked. I have a vivid memory of being a 12 year old dancer and my eighth grade history teacher was strangely in my dance studio. Like she took dance class. Like we took yeah. dance class together and her walking yeah. up to me yeah, at a recital. It's like a Netflix uh, documentary to come here. I can coming. still picture my teacher having a conversation with me bare-chested with her pantyhose over no undies, just like talking to me like okay. I'm 12. And I think there's very much a different concept about like public nudity, how we are in locker room space. Well, the, you know what's funny about that anymore. is that in specifically the difference between that and the article is that, um, well, maybe not the difference, but back then it was completely fine in the locker room, right? But mm -hmm. anytime there was mixed gender, then things, like, let's be honest, they couldn't even... They they didn't even want to see they didn't even want to see couples in bed together on TV in yeah. TV yes. like going totally. to sleep, um, 
Which is interesting. Yeah, that's, totally, that's interesting. totally interesting. Yeah, so they were talking even about just like high school locker yeah. rooms. Like, and I and I wonder, like teens today, like do they change in front of each other? Do they do the like? I don't think they shower. Off? Teens today don't do anything in gym class. Yeah, are they're there on their group, phones. Are there still group showers? Like that was a thing uh, in high school, right? They have like, stalls in ours. The shower room. Yeah, they have stalls in ours. I actually, that? the thing, one of the things I found most interesting about this article was more like the social media dating thing because we've talked about it and we don't know if it's swipe right because none of us involved in yeah. it. And I always thought like it must be so much easier. But what I was shocked on is like it's it seems like this it's even harder to truly oh, I, connect. I think and that's I, true. I, yeah, 100%. and I thought that was well. No, I just thought in terms of like you put yourself out there maybe because you're a bigger pool of people. But I was just oh. amazed at the idea of social isolation so, that comes from that because again, it's nothing I even thought of. But like Tinder, I guess. Um, they were saying they have like the the all the numbers and it's something like there's 1.6 billion swipe rights a day and there's only 26 million matches so it's like you people spend like an hour and a half a day on it swiping but they're getting no kind of feedback for it if you think about like the the difference you know you used to have these constructed social interactions, right? So it went from like the USO, you know, the soft, like the soda pop dance thing, right? Like you had these places that folks would go to meet people, right? And that happened for generations until like the past 10 years where there's not that notion of like, this is where folks go to hang out and meet each other mm-hmm. and make connections after college. There's, like, that does doesn't the, exist anymore. Does the party and can't hardly wait even happen that much anymore? I don't know. Mm, it's a great question. A question. Do you I, know, without everybody being on the phone and they're, they're like, I got to have a, a se- I got to take a, a selfie. I got to, I, I even just mean a social gap, forget the drinking, just the, but I also like think, I, what, what would that intermingling be like? So the but then so we're also in this like litigious society. Right. So think about it from like a parenting perspective. I feel like it was much more common back in the day to have parents who kind of like looked the other way or said like we, they kind of knew what was probably happening at their house on the weekend that they were away. I don't know. I don't know if that's happening today because I feel well, like Well, you can be arrested in Massachusetts, I know, exactly like it. for that. Like you can be put in jail for the stuff that happens at your house when you're not there. So yeah. I don't know. Well, let's be honest. Kenny and Denise would not be stuck in that bathroom. They would just text somebody and that's true. that that's never would true. have happened. Um yeah, I just thought it was really it was kind of depressing. I it let me tell you, it did not make me upset that I never had to be a part of that, that world. Yeah. But the thing you know? that I, I thought was still the same and that I, I thought from the mo- from watching the movie as well, I don't know about you guys, but in high school, I was under the impression that everyone was having sex except yes. for me. And I remember very clearly thinking before I went to Scranton that I am going to be the only person going to Scranton who has not had sex yet. And then I got to Scranton and found a group of people that was willing to be honest with each other. And we were all like, no, none of us have had sex. Like nobody had sex. And it was this like brain exploding moment for me of like, wait a second. The thing that I thought was true about all of high school was false. See, I think this is where my uh, 
going to an all boys high school, that that definitely pays off in regards to that. That specific. everybody was actually having sex. No, no, that that like <laughs> they were. Everybody all. knew. Everybody was. Everybody there was knew. lots of uh, paddles and stuff going on. Everybody either knew or had that like more real moment in high school, like where you could you could tell your friends like. But do you think everybody was being honest? Because the thing that I realized no, no, I later think in most life people, is like, oh, people, there were a lot of stories being told of folks that weren't actually. I'm not saying that the things sex. we were talking about, I'm not saying people were saying like, oh, I'm having sex. I'm saying we were saying we we haven't had sex. Or, you, you were know, being real about yeah, yeah. not doing it. Right, 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 right. Interesting. Well, even I thought in the article, and we'll move on after this, what was interesting, even in college. You this number of people have this idea from the, one of the stats they said um, the median average of college hookups um, in the mid to late um, from 2005 to 2011 and stuff like that was only five. Wow. And only 33 percent of those hookups involve sexual activity. Hmm. So it's a lot less than people think, which is yep. interesting. Again, I, it's not. I think that that's common. I, I, like, I'm so glad the Atlantic run ran that article, though, because I feel like that misconception is to blame for a lot of bad decisions. Right? I like, think I, I honestly believe that the, if you're a 17, 18 year old kid, should read this article. Yeah, I don't think parents totally. should be afraid to allow their children to read that article at all because yep. I thought it was fascinating. And just in terms of so many people in their 20s talking about how they wish they were better at social interaction and how they felt uncomfortable yeah. about it. And it's like the movie we watched, which is why I thought it tied into it, was this great idea about breaking down social barriers yeah. and people communicating so with each other. And this article was your different. your kids' phones away from them so they can have more sex. That's <laughs> yeah. the moral of the story. Well, I think, I think specifically social media is still in its infancy as far as like not only what it's capable of, but also how people understand its use and, and, and find like a balance, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so. Yeah, we don't know that yet. That's true. It's, yeah. it's like when, uh, you know, I always tell the kids in school, it's like in the late 1800s when electricity started and all these other things and nobody knew what the hell yeah. their life was going to be like, because right. it was so different. And, right. you know, even the adults couldn't tell, they couldn't tell them what effect it's going to have when they're adult yeah. on yeah. them. And we don't know. Our kids are actually going to be a lot better off in terms of how they navigate their social media and technology when they're adults than we are. Sure. Because yeah. they've grown up with that experience of it just being their normal. And so I feel like by the time they get to be adults, I don't know. I think they're going to have a healthier relationship with it than, huh. than we do. I think they would. Jack Costell's already running all the com major social media accounts. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he I, does I put him in charge of at, yeah. at four. He's yeah. in charge yeah. of doing all of it. All right, uh, time for five questions. This week it's Jim DeSanto. Here we go. Five questions. We have the broken shape of water. That was very masturbation. Serious, by the way, we just got very Eight serious. Time. Yeah, you guys it. took it you to should, another yeah, level. Yeah, I kind of glazed over sometimes. By the way, just <laughs> I blacked out. Yeah, just as a, just as a very quick aside here, uh, since we have the shape of water broken masturbation egg timer, there was yeah. a really weird egg masturbation story in the Atlantic article. Do you remember that, Katie? The men in Japan. In Japan, men are buying single-use silicone oh, yeah. eggs oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah. they sell at pharmacies that you 
put lubricant in and masturbate in. And I, they I, do that. And that's nothing new. It's just a new product. I mean, that's I, a baseball that's, glove with lotion in it. I mean, let's be serious. Hold on. Is that is that what people are doing with their baseball gloves? <laughs> Where did you hear that? What is that from? That's a thing. That's a thing. That, that could somebody, Jim, you're gonna some we're gonna have to fact check that. <laughs> I'm gonna put up a poll. Has anybody ever <laughs> masturbated into, into their oh, baseball yeah. gloves? I can't imagine sure, anything Gilgan. less I am comfortable sure than that. People are going to say <laughs> that, yes, right. I've that will that. be an anonymous I mean, poll. Yeah. Uh, I was listening okay. to a story. What kind of, of like, leather is that made out of? <laughs> Dax was telling the story of trying oh, to have jello. sex with a pan of jello. <laughs> that is true. Oh, what? Yep. Oh, a pan of jello versus boy has a story of like something weird that he stuck his penis into uh i'm a baseball glove yes yes Uh, okay all right here we go he's got one five questions uh thumbs up or thumbs down jim would you masturbate into a baseball glove (laughs) no thumbs down (laughs) thumbs down all right here we go question two uh would you rather go to a creed concert or a smash mouth concert Mm. both are featured on this soundtrack immediately creed like honestly smash mouth is i they are like bubblegum and, and Creed got cheesy, but still, I think there's that first record even was good. Yeah, there, there's a few. It was, there was a, their first record was pretty that, good. Did yeah. you see the Republican uh, representative who was making an argument for Nickelback being one of the best bands? I didn't even <laughs> click on that because I thought it was an Onion article. <laughs> yeah. It was true. Oh, Nickelback. Well, maybe he was trying to increase relations with they Canada. They are making a living off of their music. Yeah, they are. Good out. for them. What's on uh, Uncle right. Joey's head? <laughs> Here we go. Fill in the blank, Jim. Uh, the worst thing I ever drank out of a red Solo cup was... An alcoholic cocktail called the Snapple. Whoa. No. Which- I can which, still yeah. which is something that was made was invented. I can only assume was invented because it's where I learned of it by a bartender at the Woodlands. Yeah, there. Um, <laughs> which is our first mistake. Let let me break this down for you. Oh. Probably four shots of uh, peach schnapps. Start there. Okay. Don't do it. Then what you're gonna want to do is take probably about half of that amount in sour mix and then top it off with a splash of coke heartburn already i feel like i'm gonna throw up just saying the words (laughs) that's worse than that butter beer i made for the harry potter and cleaning up let's let's talk about this though no time out we didn't make up that now katie is mistaking that (laughs) we there was two peach schnapps drinks that we used to do. We used to do that, and then we did the a raspberry, different one. The, the yeah. raspberry iced tea. Oh, no, I yeah. am remembering it. No, correctly. she remembers it correctly. because there's. So here's the other part of this that, that is even more disgusting, is that we actually fucking liked it, and we drank it. Can I also point something out that... You and Brian were drinking that drink. It, oh that was, yeah, this was a was manly like, drink. Yeah, exactly. So this the boys would put hair were on your chest, Brian. Peach schnapps yeah. and sour mix. Well, to, while the well, girls to be were fair, drinking natty ice. Yeah. yeah. Well, no. To be fair, a lot of times when we were RAs on duty and we weren't supposed to drink, we would just fill large cups, yeah, like sip quarter. <laughs> Quarter full with peach schnapps. Well, at least we were on duty. Matt Fomer, he just used to leave. (laughs) At least we actually stayed there. Whatever story you need to tell yourself for why it was okay for you to drink peach schnapps as a college student. What Katie is getting at is that she would also clean up the rooms sometimes of mine and Brian's when 
She had because well, I wouldn't. No, because she didn't want to be in a disgusting, filthy area. Yes, and she liked being around us so much that she had to clean it up. Also true. Um, the cups. If you did not finish your Snapple, oh the gosh. separation that would happen between the Coke, the peach schnapps, and Ugh. the sour mix, and the water from the ice, it was so disgusting. Like, there was I, like a fur around the cup. <laughs> like, it was almost pretty like quickly. it crawled yeah. up the sides. And I always think like, is it doing that inside of your stomach? Yeah. It, like, yes, it yes, it was. It, yes, it was. It was. It was affecting your brain and your stomach. All right. So yeah. who is listening who's going to try the Snapple? Yeah. We need to get I think to that's you actually have some there. peach schnapps in your office there, don't you? I got you some for oh, your birthday. Oh, there's some downstairs. Some. Yeah, that's yeah. True. Have some. You guys, next week next on the week show, you guys should have it. Part of the flashback. I can't have it on the. Try. I might have to take throw up. tums before we even meet. Yeah, it. not a lot. Just drink like. I'm gonna maybe have just to drink make like, a small sample of it. I'm gonna have to do like five shots of whiskey before I even consider that. Yeah, that is horrific. All right, here we go. Question number four. Favorite Barry Manilow song? You know what my favorite Barry Manilow song is, Brian, is Copacabana. Copacabana. (laughs) The best. The best. And I also recommend a few other. By the way, just uh, quickly to debunk a myth here, Mandy is not about a dog. Not about a dog. Not about a dog. It was actually a song written in England that was called Brandy. Um, but when Barry Manilow re-recorded it, they didn't want it to be called Brandy because they thought people would confuse it with Brandy, you're a fine girl. Yeah. Brandy, Brandy, you're, you're a, a fine girl. girl. What, what a good wife you would be. Yeah, so they changed girl. it to Mandy. Shiloh by Neil Diamond is about a dog. Yes, I knew that. Is is absolutely. Uh, it, it, not a hot take here. Neil Diamond, better than Mary Manilow. I also Neil think is better than Barry. I also think that's on All Star by Smash Mouth is about a dog. Mm, yeah, I I think Smash Mouth is awful. Yeah, I really dislike <laughs> the Smash guy Mouth. fury of bands. Yeah, yes, oh, well put. That they are absolutely the guy. Fury. All right, Aaron, go to wait in on the Snapple guys, and agree. Aaron, Aaron, you have to get in here and drink <laughs> the Snapple. There will be yes. a spot right yes. here. And Aaron will be Ooh. sipping a Snapple with that. Wait, will be can we fence. get her the saxophone bottle? Does oh Malibu? Ooh. The Malibu No, I could. Yes. I could probably still get down on oh, some yeah, Malibu. Oh yeah, get down from Malibu. <laughs> okay, Malibu. we'll do We'll make something else. A Malibu uh, and right. Coke for you. That's all I drank at our wedding. A Malibu and Coke for you. That's all I want on our wedding night. That's not even remotely. And then Jim decided to drink a bottle of red wine on our wedding night. Yeah, awful idea. Well, oh, Aaron is so mad about our brandy. You're a fine girl. <laughs> when you don't show up, you can't complain. Yeah, Don uh, Powers would be so yes. mad. True. Uh, all right, question okay. five, deep thought question. If you could travel back in time and attend one house party again, which one would it be? Oh, it would have to be when we were at uh, Seville. It would have to be the white trash party oh my at God. Seville. That was a lot of fucking fun. Just, oh, I, just to see Keenan again, what he was yes. wearing. <laughs> oh, that outfit was amazing. Yeah. So good. I think we at the bar the minute you walked in. (laughs) You walked into our house, and the first piece of furniture in our house was a bar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Where did that go? We gave that to someone. I don't know who has it. Did your brother take it, Sean? Did Sean take the bar? I don't know who has it. Maybe we left it at the house. We should probably do a whole episode just on that house. We got the bar. Yeah. We'll do a future episode just on the the house we all lived in. Who took the bar Uh, from our house? Strange high school memory. One of our many nights out drinking in Maniunk, I walked into our house to find one of my high school classmates sitting on a couch in our house. Huh. Do you remember that? I do. 
We, I did not go to school in Philadelphia. It's weird. Yeah. We would have people just, I mean, really, we should have a show just on that because we can't go into it. All of us yeah. lived in this house. Jim and I have referenced this before. And like the great pop, at, great pop addled episode when Jim and I, our first uh, yeah. joint commagers, uh, pre-commagers podcast, we went on Keenan show and uh, we talked about that we house. Did? We did. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah, I, we did. I haven't listened to any of the She pop still hasn't listened to the episode sorry, about uh, songs that yeah, you were on. Oh, yeah. The songs know, episode's good. It was a great episode. I, I just listened to the last one. Podcasts, I have to tell you. Yeah, you got to listen to the Disney one. I, I still haven't I've listened to the newest Keenan yeah, one. Keenan's most really... recent one is uh, Five Best Disney Songs. I have a lot of listening to do. Yeah. Um. Fantastic. Okay, that's five questions. Um... <laughs> yes, Lee. They are. Does Lee? Leanne, oh, Leanne please. I love you. I love you, Lee. Oh, uh, okay. Let's uh, do recommendations. Anybody recommendations? Oh, Because yeah. the show has run so, long again. Yeah. Even though so we got again. heavy into the uh, the Atlantic article. I would say for those who want to follow up on that, listen to the Dax Shepard Experts on Experts John Gottman episode mm -hmm. uh, specifically about relationship advice. It helps Very... you figure out whether your relationship's going to last or yeah. not. Jim and I have only listened to the first 20 minutes, so we're not sure yet. The, this guy this guy can apparently... <laughs> can we, can we let, let us know when you get when we'll you're done. You know this guy in his... Uh... You'll either be here next week or you won't. He's like, I know whether you guys are going to last or not. I'm going to tell you research, Him and We've his research partner, two. him and his research partner apparently can predict... Uh, with great actors. In 15 minutes, seeing you interact can predict with like 95% whether your relationship will survive. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And if they go down to five minutes, it only drops down to like 80%. Crazy business. What if they, I mean, it's kind of fool's gold though. Like if they come in and you believe that they're true and they come in and say you're not a couple, <laughs> like you're going to fall apart. Does that just you. leave you I don't think, in I don't your think mind? They come in and tell you no, no, like, this oh, is more like, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just their little research, you know. They were studying. Their prediction. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so from um, that, they came up with four things that are like the. Warning <sighs> sign number one. I'm giving this to you free, yeah. listeners. Uh, you know, you shouldn't feel contempt for your partner. Yeah. That's it. That's a big no one. Contempt. That's a big one. And if you want the other three, you're going to have to come to the Big Lebowski or our, uh, the, the, the uh, Caddyshack Fest. The Caddyshack okay. Fest. Me and Brian are running. No, that's not still, actually still, still no date, for actually. Small, that is not we dropped thing. the price from 6000 to uh, 585 Still not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. They have not. Yeah. They still have not released the date for that. Uh, Katie, do you have a recommendation? Uh, yeah. So I've been jumping into. A few, I'm sorry. I went down the the rabbit hole of podcasts today. I was listening to Dak Shepard talk to Ira Glass. They were talking about the length of podcasts. Interestingly enough, <laughs> and I am a fan of the short form podcast. Uh, Dax loves a long form. So the Daily New York Times 20 minute narrative, the day's news. I'm I'm into it right now. And then the other one is Radio Lab, and I just started right. listening to that today, and it is excellent. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, my recommendations: see Captain Marvel while it's in the studio. Mm -hmm. And I just last night saw for the first time Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, really? That's good, dude. Right? Yeah, it was I get, you would like that. Mel Gibson, really good. No. No, uh, uh, Tom Hardy and, and Charlize Theron. Amazing. Charlize Theron. My library Ooh. actually had it in 4K. I have one more recommendation. Mm. May I? Yeah. Yes. Working Moms on Netflix. Oh. Oh, is that good? I'd seen if a preview for that. If you are a mom or someone who knows a mom, you should watch it. Uh, perfect. Excellent. Well, thanks for yeah. really honing in on a population there. Yeah. yeah. The, so what I'm, I'm saying all for is that. 
every person should watch the show. Yeah. Good okay. work. Also, I will promote, um, so because Jim and Katie feel bad doing it, maybe, One Hope Wine. Oh, uh, make sure you get all your One oh, Hope yeah. Wine oh, orders from Katie. And also House Cup. Oh, House Cup Coffee. Oh, coffee. Company. Which, if you are an instant or regular, you know, if you're you just love coffee, yeah. get some house cup coffee. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Katie has to put it in order because I'm all out of red wine. So if you want my discount on uh, One Hope Wine, send me a little message and I'll get you in on my case. And who does not want that? Um, next week, Pulp Fiction. Oh, I'm so excited. Really exciting. Uh, for anybody who's. Uh, yeah, and it is on Netflix. So if you're a Netflix survi- uh, subscriber, you can watch it and come and talk. Quentin Tarantino. Also, please, if you get a chance, uh, like us, subscribe us, share our video links mm. yeah, on yeah, Facebook. Uh, the more, the merrier. Um, so this that is our we first can. Quentin movie? Is this true? Yeah, it first is. Quentin, yeah. yeah, first Quentin Sorry. Tarantino movie. It's a good place to start. Um, it's the first one I ever saw. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't get the Reservoir Dogs until after. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, it's a cultural phenomenon. Uh, we loved Can't Hardly Wait. We can't stress enough that if you have never seen Can't oh Hardly gosh. Wait are for some reason. Have never seen it? Yeah, yeah I think there's a lot. Are. There's a whole group of people yeah, out there. I think right this is a very underrated movie. It's yeah, so good. highly recommend it. Yeah. Right up there in the top tier movies in terms of enjoyable films we've I mean, watched. Watch I think. it. Side by side with the notebook and then come and talk to me. No. Do you yeah. know what you should do? Um, watch it. Watch some Roadhouse. You know, get I a couple good movies Roadhouse. together oh. and uh, you'll have yourself a great little weekend there. God, buy a case of uh, One Hope Wine. <laughs> buy mm-hmm. some uh, house uh, cup coffee for the next yeah. day when you have the hangover from drinking yeah. a lot and you got your week set. Mm-hmm. 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 Very good. All right. Very good. Like awesome. It. We'll be back next week. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Goodbye, everybody. Oh, I love I'm it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry for him. You're doing it. it too now. <laughs> I refuse to talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. <laughs> what the fork? Yes, I have new toys to play with. It's oh, fun. I love it. All right. Goodbye. See ya. Bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>